As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Free Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hurt. This episode is brought to you by Bioprotein Technology, the makers of BioPro Plus. BioPro Plus is a non-synthetic growth hormone alternative. It helps with anti-aging, metabolism, libido, immune system, skin, cognition, and all kinds of other stuff. I've been using it consistently every day for the past few months and have had amazing results. It helped my knee recover after surgery. I have fantastic energy levels. I feel sharp. And I came off of TRT because we're trying to have a baby. So it has helped me feel amazing in the process. You take a little vial under your tongue in the morning, hold it there 90 seconds, swallow it and go about your day. It's super easy. No needles, none of that crap. BioPro Plus by Bioprotein Technology. Go to their website, Use my code FREEMIND, save 30 bucks. All right, bioproteintech.com. Next up, justworkco.com. That is where you can buy all of the sweet, sweet shirts that I wear when I record these episodes, messaging from the podcast, and you can wear it proud to support the show. That's justworkco.com. Lastly, firstform.com slash hurt. For the only nutritional supplements I've used for the past five years, Firstform.com slash hurt. You can get free priority shipping. All right. My guest today, she is the former DOD chief information security officer under Donald Trump. She's a two-time congressional candidate, and she served two terms in the South Carolina State House of Representatives. She's also a subject matter expert in cybersecurity. So we had a fantastic conversation. Without further ado... Here is Katie Arrington. So how was trick-or-treating last night? Oh, it was fun. I um I set up a little exchange system. So I went I, I got a bunch of dollar bills and I traded my daughter for her candy, so it, it went pretty well. It went it's better than I thought. Yeah, it's it's just th- that was several fold actually. For one, we don't want her eating all that sugar. But secondly, honestly, you know, we're even though we live in a great neighborhood, great part of of the state, it's like this fentanyl stuff just terrifies me. And I, so I, I <laughs> you know, you and me both. But I told all of my granddaughter, well, my grandchildren, I have four of them, and I'm like, no Skittles, no sweet tarts nothing like that this year it's just 
China is is definitely working it hardcore and don't don't fall prey. So, yes. Yeah, that stuff is but terrifying. You, yeah, you, but your baby's just in kindergarten, right? Yes, ma'am. Just kindergarten. So, all right. So. Okay. And uh, we're I'm in District Five. I'm up here in the um, Tiga K area, Lake Wiley, Fort Mill, and uh, luckily we have a good public school. Yeah. Uh, so she's doing that, but we're certainly not opposed to yanking her right out and her teachers know that and we've talked very much about postmodern theories not finding their way into her curriculum so yes so you is ray felder your representative no um ralph norman oh okay for congress for state house yeah yeah for state oh my gosh i don't even know that's terrible it's ray it's Ray. Okay. It's Ray Felder. She's phenomenal. But I was just actually texting Ralph. I was giving him a little bit of shit for being on uh, the morning with friends with uh, Nancy Mace. I was like, you know, I can't take you seriously since you, you went and did that with her. He's like, well, yeah, I don't choose who they bring on. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, and uh, gosh, that's my apologies, Ray. I'm so sorry. I need to know more about my my um state representative so, politics in my defense i did move down here from north carolina um because i had to escape the, the the communist north but um it's uh it is are you duke or tar hill so actually neither i went to nc state so i'm i'm wolf pack all right well so i'm married to a guy who graduated from unc charlotte but is a member of the rams club because he wanted to be an engineer and they didn't have engineering there. So he went to another school, but I am in like, yeah, yeah. I live in, <laughs> I live in North Carolina, hell in Somerville, South Carolina. Uh, well, so how long, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no, I insist. Uh, so how long have you been doing this? The show I've been doing coming up on two years now, it's kind of evolved. It went through several iterations. It kind of started as more personal development, um, targeted at young men because mm -hmm. of the uh, basically the crisis in masculinity in America today that yep. is undeniable. But it's slowly evolved to where, you know, now I'm talking to all kinds of people about interesting topics, and I've found myself slowly bringing on more and more congressional candidates, people like that. I, I had um, several candidates from North Carolina for the first and second districts up up there, who unfortunately both did not um, get their that spot in in their races. But it's become increasingly important to me that as I've grown this platform. And I have these eyeballs and ears that I need to talk about important issues and, and have people on to talk about important issues. So it fitness, business, personal development, and then slowly politics as well. But I see it all as kind of tying together because uh, one of my uh, – I would consider him a – he's a friend, but I consider him sort of a mentor as well, a guy I look up to, Andy Frisella, who owns First Form, the supplement company. He, he talks a lot about uh, the issues facing America, and he's very – outspoken. You would like him a lot if you haven't looked at any of his stuff. He says personal excellence is the ultimate form of rebellion and is really the way back to embracing traditional values. And so that's why I like to talk about personal development, fitness, politics, all of those things, because I, I well, think young people today really need all of that. Well, they, well the young people today... When Al Gore created the internet and uh, he created these bad boys, um, he took 
it's I'm I'm one of those people where I really believe that we spend so much time looking at this mm -hmm. that we forget the people that really are around us. So going back to basics is the absolute right thing to do. Um, I can't imagine um, a world where, you know, you, well, I say people get weak from this. Our kids don't go mm -hmm. outside. They don't get their own opinions. They are, I hate to say, just weak. And if you're weak, you, 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 whatever you think, you know, oh, I want to be a boy or a girl today. No, Listen. <laughs> I feel like I'm this. No, you are no. that. <laughs> I, and it, because you're feeling something does mm -hmm. not mean you are something. Somebody said that um, I, when I was debating Nancy Mace, they said, what is, do you know how to define a woman? And I'm like, yeah, I can really simply, you know, uterus, cycles, PMS, mother, you know, housing of life, only mm -hmm. thing on the only one on the planet who can birth a human being. I, I'm a woman. I'm strong, independent, married, love my kids, but my God, it, it, there's only two sexes. And this yeah. whole woke crapola that this, it, it's just scary. It, it's just, and I feel my grandbabies are two of them are go to school up in Maryland and I took them and put them in private school. Because uh, I wasn't going to have that. Move. Yeah. 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 And if well, Hillsdale would do a school, I'd jump on a Hillsdale school anywhere. <laughs> right. Well, and it's interesting. You you mentioned the the woke stuff. And, and the ironic aspect of that to me, because I try to I try to be a student as much as I can and take all of this stuff in and, and try to figure it out. So before I actually, my background before I go into that is the sciences. I I will undergrad in biochemistry, grad school in biochemistry. I worked in, in labs and I know I don't look like it, but that was my, um, my educational training. And then I went into scientific recruiting actually for a lot of the big, uh, companies that contract for the government. I placed a lot of engineers and stuff like that. Yeah. So I approached, I approach this stuff sort of as an outsider. Honestly, I've been sort of thrust into the discourse in the last couple of years, but for me, I look, it's, it's so ironic to me because I'll look at the woke far left ideology and oftentimes those people are highly critical of Christians, of those of us who hold traditional values, yet they exhibit the most fundamentalist, fanatical, dogmatic, religious type of behaviors you'll ever see, right? Mm -hmm. And it and they're the ones who who like to joke Christians and it's just hilarious to me that they can't even see that they're being absolutely fundamentalists in their approach it's so i think john f kennedy said it first but my mother coined it you only put down what you fear mm -hmm. and as a yeah. conservative i don't put down liberals i just don't back down back off of my beliefs if you want to believe you're a chicken you just go right on ahead just don't think that you're going to impose your chicken ideology on me that's it because I have a very strong mind. I don't need to hear what you have to say. And, you know, I'm this, you know, I'm so excited the Supreme Court's going to hear about affirmative action. I've said if we want to take race off the table, we have to stop talking about it. It's like you don't talk about Bruno. Everybody knows you don't talk about Bruno, right? <laughs> That's right. We don't, My daughter certainly knows. <laughs> you, you don't need any college application that has that on it 
you are you are racist for asking that question. It should be based on the merit of the child. And I know the world ain't fair, but until we start acknowledging that it's not fair in a lot of areas and how to get it right, it's money isn't the answer, right? right. I'll say that most um, urban or failing schools have a problem with the lack of a father figure in most of those kids' lives then they actually have uh, needing more. They need somebody who's going to enforce the rules, right? That we all agree to live by. And they don't have, you know, that that mom and dad. I mean, the, the nuclear family, the extended family, we as creatures, as, as mammals, we are tribal. We like our people. We like to be around our people. And we were multi-generational until after World War One, and that's just right when they started into it. I mean, it's not like the the this ideology has come out of nowhere. It's been floating out there for quite some time. We've just been asleep at the wheel. Exactly. I think most of the the hippies of you know the the um, Berkeley generation Woodland. Um, God, why did I say Woodlands? Uh, Woodstock. Woodstock. Yeah. They, they took that ideology and. To me, and this is one of the things I struggle with, right? White elitists who think that by saying, yo, Black Lives Matter, that you actually care about Black lives. Right. And it shouldn't be any, all life matters, well, period. And, and not even that, Katie, even further, those same elite whites oftentimes go protest in as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark black neighborhoods and destroy them thinking that they're doing good and then leave, right? It's a lot of these spoiled spoiled teenagers who grew up in, in elite liberal households. And you're going to love this. So I actually went to grad school at Berkeley. Ooh. Don't, I know, I know. I won't it was, go there. <laughs> honestly, it was one of the biggest red pills I ever, I ever could have taken because I got there. So I told you I was the sciences, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm not into any of this sociological stuff at this point in my life. I'm just going there because it's the best for my program. And, and I got a, and I got a fellowship through the national science foundation, which I have my qualms with them now too, after all the issues we just went through with COVID. But 
I get there and I'm like, these people are insane. They're so out of touch with reality. I mean, I was like a fish out of water in that place, not just because I I look completely different from all of them, but it was just insane to me going to school there for, for my PhD. So I, when I was the chief information security officer for the Department of Defense, and I was that during the Trump administration and through some of the, the Biden slash Obama administration, Obama part three, um, <laughs> and the, the, you would think that of any place in the world, wokeness wouldn't have occurred there. And it did. And I was like, seriously, like this is the Department of Defense. We, we don't care. Like when you take the oath, they right. don't ask you what's your gender, what's your what's sexual your orientation, <laughs> you know, what, well, they ask you your pronouns now, Man, let me tell you, and I couldn't do wow. it. People, they're like, you have to ask someone's pronoun. I'm like, no, I'm a ma'am. That's all. <laughs> well, if ever there were an environment where meritocracy was incredibly important, you'd think it would be defending our nation. No. Right that's, now, I'm so... That's terrifying. I, and I don't know what you want to do the podcast about today. Cybersecurity, politics, how politics are inside. Like, you you tell me what you want to go down because there are so many things wrong with all of it. I mean, it's just went through a thing of um, the the National Institute of Standards and Technology want to rate people and, you know, give them awards. And there's a diversity in cybersecurity award. What the hell is diverse in cybersecurity? Like, right. <laughs> um, well, so, to answer the question, we can take it anywhere. There are a lot of really hot button topics right now that I think would be great to discuss. Uh, I just realized, though, we jumped right in, I think, because we we both care so much about this stuff. We didn't even introduce you. So really quick for the, for the listeners, Katie, if you could please uh, introduce yourself in just a few sentences and, and then we'll jump in. Okay, so I'm Katie Arrington, um, former chief information security officer for the Department of Defense two-time congressional candidate, and one time, uh, two terms as a state house representative in South Carolina, um, a subject matter expert on cybersecurity, but more than that, a grandmother, devoted conservative patriot, pro-life, pro-God, pro-guns. <laughs> I'm the one Biden warned you about MAGA, MAGA <laughs> enthusiasts, which people don't understand is not necessarily, I do love Trump, but it's make America great again. And it, Ronnie Reagan said it first, folks. It's not, that's what we need to be focused on right now. So very nice to meet you in on the computer screen. Although I do have <laughs> you on my, I am an Instagram follower. Uh, yeah. So you are a domestic terrorist then if, if you yeah. ask the current administration. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an honor to speak to a real terrorist. So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, since that since was actually you, my nickname in high school, really, I'm well, Lebanese, Italian, and Polish. And back in the day, there were no. So think about this: in the '70s, right? I was Lebanese and living in Washington D.C., and my father was the briefer to Carter on oh, South wow. American um, communist activities and. I lived in an environment where parents would come up to the playground and say to other children, you can't play with those girls. 
because wow. we had the terrorists at that we had the hostages at that time right yeah that's so right that's right i was like oh i gosh. i was like what do you mean you can't play with me and there you know, but it's yeah so but my nickname in high school was terrorist so well well so if in, if anyone understands the pernicious nature then of telling children today that by way of their immutable whiteness they are a colonizer a predator an oppressor you it's certainly insane. would understand that yep so I, and it's sad to where our country's come to today. And it's sad that our kids don't get to go to play in playgrounds or in their, their, their school rooms and not have to like listen to the nonsense of the adults. Why can't kids get back to being kids? But I'm sorry, I, I, I no, could go no. on all day about that. We, we can take this thing wherever you want to. So uh, your dad uh, worked with Carter, another amazing president, the likes of, of Biden, right? So. <laughs> You, you guys have both had the honor of working with uh, amazing uh, historical figures. <laughs> he, thankfully, Daddy did. He he was the briefer to several presidents. It's just when uh, I happened to, I wrote Jimmy Carter a letter and got you know it, it back. And I when Biden first took on office, I said, "Does anyone not feel like you're living in the Carter administration part two, worse mm -hmm. off than we were?" Um, I, I can tell you as the, one of the people that worked on the Trump, uh, evacuation plan for Afghanistan, we had a plan. We, the, the book was right there. Here's the book. Oh, so we there actually was a plan at some point. Oh my God. Yeah, there was a plan <laughs> and we were going to leave Bagram airfield right up until August. It was August, wasn't it? Yeah. I, that we were in 70 countries around the world. And then all of a sudden we were in 69 overnight. And the the damage that was done by by Biden to our our allied partners is the really scary part um, that he didn't tell anybody else. I mean, no, it's not like we were the only forces on the ground there. It was a multinational force. Absolutely. And we just we put people at risk. Thank gosh for the Pineapple Express. And it is literally the, the way I mean, we had to get our my translators out. I mean, it was. It was absolutely ridiculous. But this president, it's, I don't even, it, I, I, you know, when they had Trump, Trump derangement syndrome and people were like, he's not my president. And I would always say, you know, like I couldn't stand Obama, but he was the president and I had to respect him for it. I, I really didn't like Bill Clinton. He does have a je ne sais quoi. I mean, he walks into a room, you do kind of go, oh, there's Bill Clinton. He shakes more now than he ever did. But, you know, yeah, eh. <laughs> but I can't. Well, I'd shake good, after living with Hillary for decades, too, I think. He needs an award. Um, <laughs> he needs an award. Um, but I'll be really honest. I can't call Biden my president. I just can't. You mm. you can't. It, it, there's nothing. There is not one thing that's come out of that administration in any regard that has benefited America in any capacity. And it's just... And they thought giving the stimulus checks would, would, you know, cinch the deal. Listen, that's why Section 8 housing has been failing for years, right? right? Unless you work for something, you don't understand the value of it. And devaluing college education, devaluing um, entire, you know, communities and saying, oh, because you're, you're Black or you're Hispanic, you, you have problems. No, no. 
No. Yeah. And and to even entertain the uh, the conversation is ridiculous. I'm very happy. And the, earlier in the conversation, we were talking about the Supreme Court taking up affirmative action. I think that is probably one of the best things um, to, to happen. We should not discuss race. I mean, it's actually illegal, I believe, in France to talk about race because it became such a a a, a diverse and I would say downright evil in the right hands. We're all human beings. We all have one heart. We all, I believe we all come from one God. Um, we have a mind of our own. We have our own hearts. We have, you know, this doesn't mean much. Um, I think what's more critical to what's happening in our country right now is the lack of family units. I couldn't agree and more. And if Americans would wake up and remember that Joe Biden is the guy who wrote the the Criminal um, Justice Reform Act, and I think the the late eighties or early nineties, but was he it, was. Is that different from the ninety four crime bill? Is that ninety four crime bill? Sorry. Okay. Was, okay. And he, so in that bill, if people don't realize, he knew that you know, rich white America was smoking pot and doing cocaine. But he knew that crack was mm -hmm. what was being dealt in the urban areas, the less fortunate. So they put a higher sentencing level for crack or methamphetamines than they did for cocaine or marijuana. Why is that? It, it's it's so sad. And, and now we have this president that's, you know, hey, let's decriminalize marijuana. Oh, listen, we could have that conversation if you didn't have a southern border that was bleeding fentanyl. Mm -hmm. And China is is just I mean, they can't make it fast enough to, to there's enough in one load to kill all of America. When it's I was terrifying. in the Pentagon. True story. Um, so. I was not a political appointee, but I was a senior executive, so I was an SES. I was the equivalent of a three-star general. On the wall, on, on our hallway, there was an envelope of white powder. And it said above it, you know, highly uh, top secret, highly uh, kill rate, over 100,000, cost so many millions, top secret, biological weaponry, blah, blah, blah. Same packet, kill rate, 100,000, cost $57 to, to make, and it's fentanyl. And, like, we're losing this war. And thank goodness parents, you know, we were talking earlier, thank goodness parents like you and parent, I'm a grandma, but, you know, candy this year was, a, I mean, I have my heart in my throat Same. in Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's scary. And this administration they they can't get out of their own way and they think this is the part that absolutely floors me they they're writing executive order executive order after executive order this is the same group of people that that berated trump for executive orders and you know obama did his executive orders and in fact one of the ones that you and i have in common is obama made you know nist uh applicable the national institute of science and technology um, one of the standards uh, that is for non-federal systems 
Obama, through an executive order, made that part of contracting for the Department of Defense, that they had to be this compliant. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. But executive orders don't solve problems. They just, they either exacerbate a problem um, or they, they, they kick the can down the road. And the amount of executive orders coming out of this White House, I don't think anybody has ever seen anything like this. And the, the you know, I want to be the moderate Biden doesn't exist. I mean, I. I no. It's beyond. Yeah, so. You touched on a few things the, I, the, I, I do want to go back to the affirmative action thing really quick because yeah. I agree with you. And I think we have fairly solid data to support the fact that it, it doesn't really help because what ends up happening is that if you push people through and you set a lower bar for them, then they have higher dropout rates or, you know, higher or lower graduation rates. I guess that's the same thing. They get into the workforce. They're not as successful. They get out they they're out competed for jobs and then of course it's it's been tried in the workplace too well we'll just use the same affirmative action there and and it's like no we this is a recipe for failure it's it's actually it's actually a detriment to folks to do that right like it's 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 not the same but it's analogous to like he- helicopter parenting right if i see my daughter doing something on the playground and i'm like oh she's about to fall I'm going to let her do it if, as long as I know it's not going to be too bad because she'll learn from it, right? And it's like if you just coddle and coddle and coddle and coddle, people are never forced to find out what they're made of, right? And, you know, I was, I was one of those kids that grew up uh, without a dad, basically. And I grew up in a really bad neighborhood. So my parents were both 16. They were both drug addicts. My dad was actually a crack addict. He died. My mom, it was Sorry. opioids. Oh no, it's, it made me who I am. And I'm, you know, my adversity is my strength. Mm -hmm. And so my mom, uh, it was opioids. And so this fentanyl stuff is near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in that scenario. It was awful. And I was like the exception. I saw so many kids who grew up in that trailer park 
in rural North Carolina who grew up the same way as I did that have amounted to nothing because mm-hmm. they grew up with, with single parent households or, you know, uh, parents who were, who succumb, succumbed to, to drug addiction and all this. And it's like every step. And, and so I also saw in real time, in real life, the welfare system fail. I saw my mother get her food stamps, go sell them for pennies on the dollar so she could buy drugs with them. And I saw, I heard conversations between people saying like, oh, another one on the way, I'm going to get more money, you know, having more kids to get more money. And it's like, when I talk about this stuff, it's because I've lived it and I Mm -hmm. get castigated by elite liberals saying that I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, you wouldn't last two nights where I grew up. Like, (laughs) and, and there is a lot of empirical evidence to support the fact that if if truly we want to help these people, and when I say these people, I, I'm I'm not referring to a race. I'm referring to people who grew up poor like me. Like you've got my mom never worked because she was always taken care of by the state. Mm-hmm. If that had been taken from her, or if she had been forced to take a drug test to get those benefits, my life as a child would have changed a hundred percent. Now That's maybe m- maybe I wouldn't have been forced to be self sufficient and hardworking, so it worked out in my favor, but. So many other kids, it didn't really go that way. So I completely agree with you as far as that stuff goes. And it'll be interesting to see what the Supreme Court says. Well, I mean, it's just going to be like what happened with Roe versus Wade. And we, you know, <sighs> what we have is a bunch of namby-pamby Republican conservatives who don't understand, you know, the whole Roe versus Wade, first of all, should never have been a federal issue. Right. Tenth Amendment should have pretty much nailed that one down, but and and it, it, my argument with this has been from the beginning. How often do you get through the legal system where you actually arrest someone, try them on rape or incest within the first month, three months of a pregnancy? You don't. And anybody that that says that you know I cannot. I cannot fathom being the mother of one of those women that's screaming, you know, I can't wait to rip this baby out of me. What evil, sick mind are you? And then the the one today, I think on The View, Anne Hathaway, and said, abortion's another word for mercy. What? I, wow. I just I hadn't seen that yet. I'm like, mercy? what's merciful about it, right? When we have parents, this is the part that floors me. We have an entire multi-billion dollar business for people who can't get pregnant to get pregnant or to get a baby, to adopt a baby. We have years long waiting lists for people to get babies, right? We put, but, but there's, you know, it's easier to just go get an abortion than to actually own up to, Either your mistake, you know, which, oh, by the way, I, I don't think it's rocket science to anybody um, where <laughs> babies come from anymore. Right. <laughs> it used to be. I mean, We didn't I'm, stop having that talk with our kids. <laughs> I remember my, I was in eighth grade and I had to get the permission slip to go through sex ed. And I already got my, my period at this point. I'm like, uh, the gig is up. I kind of know what's up with this one, but <laughs> I, my Still had to get the parent's signature on it. Right. 
I cannot for the life of me understand how, number one, our state, our senators failed um, the heartbeat on um, this latest go around. I mean, they're supposedly working on it, but that's a bunch of namby pamby Republicans. And when I, I beat Mark Sanford and I proudly beat Mark Sanford when he was running for Congress, I take that as, as a badge of honor for every conservative. If I had not taken Mark out in 2018, he would have been the only Republican that would have voted to impeach Trump over the Ukraine debacle. Wow. I changed history because it was a partisan impeachment. Therefore it had held no merit. Now we all look back and everybody's like, oh, I wish we had a mean tweet right now. Well, if you read the original transcript from that Ukrainian um, phone call with uh, Zelensky, he was calling to, President Trump was calling Zelensky to applaud him on, you know, congratulate him on his win um, and tell him that the Biden administration had, I mean, the Obama administration had been giving them the wrong kind of aid, that they needed military strength, not blankets, and that he was going to change that, but wanted to know why he stopped the special, special process. Wasn't holding aid back like Biden did. Yeah, explicitly. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's you look back and all of the conspiracy theories and everything that everybody put out there, right? It is mind boggling to me how the other side right now does not see how much hypocrisy. They didn't care a bean when Kavanaugh's life was threatened. They didn't care a bean that they, you know, when um, Maxine Waters stood uh, out in front of the Capitol and said, if you see a Republican in a restaurant, if you see them, curse them out, whatnot, get them out of there. Um, Nancy Pelosi a couple of weeks ago said she wanted to punch Donald Trump I and that, that she'd go to jail for it. I mean, I don't know about y'all. When, didn't Nancy Pelosi's daughter like applaud when Rand Paul got attacked? I believe so, yeah. A lot of people did, unfortunately. It was grotesque. Like, it's like people... What is wrong with you? And if you, and what, one of the things I laugh because in my previous career and even now as, as you know, doing what I'm doing, when you live rent free in someone's mind and Trump is just, they literally just put Trump in all of their minds. They have given him more power than anything else when he was president he didn't have as much power as they have given him now yeah if you the way i look at it is if i can in this case by way of existing elicit an emotional response out of you then <laughs> i have leverage <laughs> like you know? exactly it, it is odd it's it's wild how much people freak out and it, it doesn't matter what the issue is and it doesn't matter what the platform is, if you talk about anything political and you make any counterpoint to something the Biden administration has done, immediately someone's going to come, well, Trump, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's not president. We're talking about the current administration and how it's affecting our country. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're absolutely correct. They always, it's always this retroactive whataboutism, right? Like, well, Trump did blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's the past, man. Stop living in the past. And by the way, you're wrong, and here's why. But Well, you know. so you're wearing a shirt, Just Work. Yes. And I know that's your motto. 
And I'll also say that that's Trump's motto, right? Man maybe sleeps three hours a day, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, from those of us who worked for him, <laughs> that's lucky. Um, and then Biden's awake met. maybe three hours a day. It's the well, inverse. <laughs> Biden has been on vacation more than he's been anything. I mean, the puppet masters in the White House. I mean, you got to give you got to give Obama credit. He said it right when he was leaving office. They said, "Would you ever be president again?" He goes, "Only if I could do it in sweatpants in my basement." So he's not necessarily in his basement. He's in Martha's Vineyard behind a seventeen foot high foot wall. You know, there being president while uh, you know. Poor, poor Joe just walking around looking for somebody to, you know, for his wife to tell him where the Easter bunny dropped off his Christmas presents. I mean, it's just talking to dead people. I see dead people. I mean, he really, you remember that when he was like, I forget her name. um, Oh, yeah, she had died. Yeah, she was a congresswoman who had died. And he's like, where is she? Is she here? It's like, oh, my gosh, man, this is the leader of the free world. No, Jackie's not here. No, right. she is. Jackie, yeah. You have a problem. Yeah. But it's just, it's everything that this, and and we were talking about it, and I think it's one of the more important things. Politics is, and people, you know, it's like you don't want to talk about politics. You do want to talk about politics. You want to talk about, you should want to talk Mm -hmm. to your neighbor about politics. And where we have fallen down, and I'm going to give this one, right? Trump is a stubborn man. Thank Thank God for him. He's a stubborn man. He's, look at what he's created. He has been you know, personally attacked, professionally. He, he declared bankruptcy. He came back from it. But let's take all that aside. And you look, and you said it earlier, that you, you somehow managed to defy the odds. Mm-hmm. Let's just look at parenting, okay? And look in your, you know, I always say your wake is far more important than where you're going. Mm. If your wake behind the boat is a really cool whale's tail and you're cutting through the water with as least disturbance as possible and your wake is clean, you're leading a good life. None of his kids have ever been arrested or for doing drugs or, or being <laughs> having drugs. Um, all of them graduated college. None of them are disrespectful to anybody that I've ever met. In fact, Chelsea Clinton and Ivanka were really good friends until Ivanka was like, listen, I'm, I, I, I'm a Republican. Um, but you look at his family and you look at them, I would say out of all of the stuff that people hear about Trump, because I, I know him, there are a few people that surround him that aren't good, but he is good. Mm. He doesn't, and he's a New Yorker. And if you haven't met a New Yorker, they have no filter. I, I was, you know, born in Virginia, Fairfax, but raised in the predominant years in upstate New York. And you don't take the New York out of anybody. It just does not leave, especially when you, you, you know, raised like he was. It's just, you're a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a president, I can't even 
put in the same ball. Clinton in his heyday probably could have physically handled the pandemic physically. Obama physically. Trump did it without with ease. While he was also under attack constantly. Every day. Yeah. I ran um, at the start of the pandemic. I was tasked to lead the supply chain for PPE for FEMA, HHS, and DOD for acceleration. So I was in charge of making sure that our adversary stayed out of um, sending us counterfeit product or stealing our money. I was one to help source ventilators, the pharmaceuticals, did cybersecurity around Operation Warp Speed, did all of that, was in the situation room doing the briefings and whatnot. And I'll tell you, there, there are many, many things. All of us wanted to fire Fauci. Everybody in the situation room wanted to fire Fauci. But it had gotten so bad with everybody thinking that, you know, if Trump disagreed with you, he fired you. Yes and no, right? When you were, pardon my French, stupid, and you were you were put in a place to make heavy decisions and you act like a a five-year-old, be gone. There were a lot of people that tro- told Trump, no, don't don't get that twisted. That happened all the time. People were like, no. One of the things that we had to deal with, it, so back to the Fauci, we all wanted to fire Fauci. Everybody wanted to fire Fauci. But if we had fired Fauci then, they would have focused on that, not on the issue at hand. And the Fauci, Dr. Bricks, the entirety of Zuckerberger, Soros, Bezos, all of them. And Jack, now that he's out of Twitter, trying to act like he wasn't a part of it. <laughs> it was it was all this massive narrative to have you believe one thing. And, you know, in, in years gone by, and, you know, they've said the COVID, I watch as the election comes, right? And I, I can, so I'm going to put a bet with you. I'm not a betting woman. My husband's a betting man, but I'm a betting woman. Here's what I see happening after November 8th. Um, it's going to be a red wave like they have not seen in in our, in our history because this, this administration has got it so bad. The Democrats are going to say Republicans stole it. Okay, we all know that's going to happen. My prediction, Nancy will be either the ambassador to the Vatican or ambassador to Italy within a month of losing. So before January, she will get an ambassadorship. I firmly believe Kamala Harris will be, um, there'll be a personal matter of some sort that she needs to step down as the vice president. Biden appoints Gavin Newsom. They impeach Biden and Newsom becomes the president. Wow. That sounds They impeach or they, they do the 25th. Right. Yeah, they have either option at this point with this guy, really. And I'll tell you, by February of next year, Gavin Newsom will be sitting in the Oval Office. He and is they will so have terrible. Him. But it makes total, complete sense. Well, right? he's, yeah, he's, uh, I, I suppose, yeah, he's an establishment pawn. He'll do their bidding, that sort the, of thing. They have been building and building up this narrative 
of where he's un, unfit and they won't talk about it because it's not the right time, right? If they did it over this summer, right? It would have distracted. But this is the plan, right? That's mm -hmm. the Democrats are not, they're not dumb and not all Democrats are bad. Not all Republicans are bad. Not all Republicans are good. Right? It's, you know, but I will just say that that's what I, I will put money. That is what you're going to see. And if by chance, some odd chance, and it scares me that the Republicans don't do as well as they think that they're going to do, that there will be civil unrest that our country may not recover from. Because there are <sighs> too, you know, too many gun-toting folks that firmly believe that we're living in a banana republic, and I don't blame them. Yeah. This is yeah. not the America I grew up in. Yeah. Well, oh, man. That is a, a great, I mean, I can see how that could all happen, but just the thought of Gavin Newsom being at the helm is just, wow, that's terrifying. But, they, <laughs> they, and, but they, it's like, they can't get out. Of, you have watched this, this migration. So our South Carolina mm -hmm. has turned into, I would say the Mecca of Northeastern or West coast retirees and here is why number one state income tax you don't have it. we have some one of the best VAs in the country right here in charleston south carolina and we have beautiful weather climate wise but we have a lot of retirement age retirement communities in areas that there's nothing else there there's no other jobs like you go to Beaufort and Bluffton mm. and the service industry and the retirees are what basically fuel and fund that area. Paris Island is there. Yes. I love how everybody's trying to make it about climate change, about Paris Island. They just built the roads up. Paris Island isn't going anywhere any, anytime soon. But you look at that and what I'm worried about in our election, even though we redistricted, we did it off of a 2020 census. The world has changed exponentially yeah, since 2020. And, you know, for us in South Carolina, I hope that we, you know, the red wave goes. I'm very hopeful that, you know, my Senator, uh, Tim Scott wins. Um, Shout I'm, out Tim Scott. You know, and, I, and I've, I've known Tim a long time, but I don't want to see him as a president. Why is I that? Um, if you want to go into it, you don't have to. Oh, no, no, no. He's the, the great unifier, no doubt, right? But that's the president's job is more on international, mm -hmm. on getting coalitions to work together to create them. And I just don't know how much, and I know Tim, he's great at banking. He's great at criminal justice reform. I mean, he did the opportunity to invest act. He's done a lot of great things, but I don't know that he has a great sense of international um, diplomacy. Um, and you would need to have him with somebody powerful enough to take like Pompeo, right? Right. Yeah. And Tim, but the world I think is waiting for Daddy DeSantis to come. And I've said for a minute now, and I'm I'm kind of laughing to myself because 
they're doing a fundraiser for Nancy Mace this weekend with Kevin McCarthy. And who are they bringing? Tulsi. They're bringing Tulsi? Tulsi. And I like a year. <laughs> so I met Tulsi, Tulsi when she was campaigning in South Carolina. I went to my local coffee shop and they would not let her participate in the presidential debate in Charleston because the way they remember yeah 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 i remember and i was in my coffee shop and i was like tulsi what are you doing here and she's like oh i came down to let me do this debate and they wouldn't and i said well because you're not a you're not a democrat and she's she's like no i am like no you can't be a republican from hawaii you are not a democrat and uh you know aside from her stance on abortion um well and red flag laws unless she's changed well, things I think are going to be changing for her. Um, Probably. But I, she would be interesting. So it's Trump's not to take, right? If I'm yeah, do, Trump- you, do you think that? I mean, so this is the big conversation, right? Trump or DeSantis. What is your inclination? Do you think Trump wants to run again? Oh, I think, so I I can tell you the times I've been to Mar-a-Lago, I mean, I'm, I'm not a foreigner to my, or to the president, uh, Trump. Um, I think that he was keeping the home fires burning for a lot of the conservative movement since mm-hmm. Biden, since January. Um, I think the raid on Mar-a-Lago pushed him over the edge. Mm. I think that he would have been happy being, he loves being a kingmaker and he is, he does. I mean, although he did endorse me twice. Um, the first one I lost after a car accident that I should have just stepped out. The second one, the deep state, they came to bail Nancy, you know, the deep state came in to bail Nancy Mace out. I mean, they spent $6 million in two weeks to, to, wow. to defeat me. Six million dollars in two weeks in a congressional primary. Um, And this is what uh, your listeners, right? We need to send people to Washington. And what I'm the reason why Trump is because and here's my my analysis at the end of the day. And it means nothing just other than Katie Arrington's analysis. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. There's never been a politician who met their campaign promises like Trump. Nobody. Nobody has done it as good as... Daddy DeSantis didn't make those when he ran the, the stuff that he's done. He didn't make those promises when he ran four years ago. Daddy DeSantis grew up through the pandemic. I mean, he, he military background, et cetera. Um, it, it's much like Tim Scott though, right? So people are voting for Tim because they want him for six more years. They're voting for DeSantis because they want him for four more years. Um, you know, the, the other side could use that easily against them as you know, you just did this to go and do this. You didn't, you know, own up and just say, I want to run for. Um, but I think Trump runs. I think that the the justification is there because I don't think anybody would have the financial wherewithal to go through everything that he's going through. Because um, remember, it's a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot of money to defend all the stuff that's going on. Um, and I don't know that, DeSantis is, is ready for it. He might be. Um, Do you think he runs against Trump in a primary? No. no. I think if, it's either. If Trump runs, Trump and- DeSantis bows out. Yeah. I Well, I, th- I just don't see anybody having enough to out-Trump Trump, right? Yeah. It's yeah. who he picks to run with. And I look at him and DeSantis. I look at him at... Now, like, if you were to give me the, the like... I play, I I call it my deck of cards, right? That if you were to give me a hand, the best hand that I could have, right? In my mind's eye. And it has nothing to do with, this is not based on affirmative action, gender. But if you were to give me Donald J. Trump as the president and you were to give as a unifier Tulsi Gephardt as a vice, pulling that together. You had the uh, Secretary of Commerce, Tim Scott, somebody who actually understands money and how to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. Or be at OMB, right? You put the people, Pompeo, you put him back as Secretary, you know. You put the people that you know, in my mind's eye, those are great calls, right? And if Trump doesn't want to serve peace, but I don't see him, I don't see anybody drawing the crowds that he does and the allegiance that he has. And I think more minorities in this election are going to, I know for a fact, I have been out campaigning for Duke for Congress to take out Jim Clyburn. I will do anything to get Jim Clyburn out of the state of South Carolina. That man has done more damage to the state, to his district, to his own people. Um, it's scary. And they keep reelecting because they, they, you know, like it's, we're, we're supposed to vote Democrat because we're, you know, Latino or black or whatever you are now, no vote yeah. for the candidate. But I just don't see anybody having the, the chutzpah. I love Daddy DeSantis. I love Tim Scott. I love them both. I think they're both great lead own particular way. But Tim wanted to be a minister. I mean, I remember back in the day, on Monday nights, you could go 
to, um, gosh, I can't remember the restaurant. It was a hole in the wall in DC. Trey Gowdy, Kevin McCarthy, and Tim Scott every Monday night had dinner. And the world was a different place. And, you know, I, I, I don't think Tim being a black Republican is, you know, to me, it's not noteworthy. I think it's more of the fact of what, you know, he's done more as far as banking and, and business opportunities and how to get the rural communities what they need um, more so than anybody. Um, but like he couldn't get the coalition to pass his criminal justice reform bill, which was a really damn good bill. Um, and he's a well-liked, well-respected member of the Senate. I don't think anybody can argue that Tim isn't a great Senator. Yeah, um, I agree. So I, I, I just, you know, and the other night on, uh, when he was standing up for Oz and he was, you know, that this is American, we've got to stand up for our kids. And I mean, Oh, I was like, Oh, okay. All right. I haven't seen that side of you before. <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's, it, yeah, it, it's been interesting. I, there are so many good Republicans right now, just, we need stellar Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think everything we've been through the last couple of years has really galvanized a lot of people to and, and it's I love it. A lot of people who maybe wouldn't have stood up in the way they did are now doing so, which has been fantastic. I mean, I, I think there, the pendulum always swings hard the other way. And that's what we're about to see with this red wave. And I've been I've been trying to watch as many of the gubernatorial debates and and um you know, all the other debates going on. And it's just the, the left, the Democrats don't really have any good people. I mean, it's really quite astonishing. Like Fetterman. I mean, my goodness, like the Democrats was... are generally the ones who, so the Democrats are really good. And I'll use the word grooming candidates. Mm. It's not like Barack Obama popped out where folks, they saw him in school. And right. they were like, ah, this, this guy's got some, some, a good something one. we need. Yeah. And we as Republican, well, me as a Republican, I can tell you that, you know, there are some things that need to change to get really good candidates. Um, I firmly believe in closed primaries. I'm waiting till after this election. And I'm going to, I've written several articles that I've waited to publish till after, because it should be that the only people who have any money in a primary should be the people living in the district period. Yeah. End of story. No outside money in a primary. Um, close the primaries. I think that until we overhaul campaign finance, you're going to get the same stuff different day. Yeah. I mean, you your, know? your primary would have gone a very different way, I think. <laughs> so there's no doubt you know, the, the, the deep state paid not. So in the end I pay, I came, I, I entered the race in February. Granted Trump did endorse me, but I didn't have a ton of money coming in because I was running against an incumbent. But from February till June, I spent $26 on a vote. Nancy's an all in had to spend 98, $96. Wow. Wow. And that is crazy. Yeah. And what I would say, and when I lost, when I took out Mark Sanford, 
remember that was the pendulum swinging the other way. It was the anti-Trump year, right? It was nay, nay to Trump. And now it's, it's, you know, and, and Mace is the, 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 the duly, you know, um, whoever voted in the primary voted for, to, to get Mace to be the Republican nominee. Um, I just think that it's around the country. It needs to be that way. We need to stop taking the money out of the, the grassroots primary efforts and then do what you want in the general. I don't care. Right. But at least mm-hmm. then, you know, who you're voting for and it makes people do the legwork. Um, there are a lot of great people in Congress. I'm very, and there are Democrats that I, I'm set at Jim Langevin leaving from Rhode Island breaks my heart. Um, he is one of the, the strongest thinkers on cybersecurity that we've ever had. Um, he's phenomenal. He's even keeled. But I look at people like Joe Wilson, like endorsing me because he wanted a, you know, he to his thing. I want a true conservative next to me. I want to know that in the foxhole, I got, a, I got right. That's that was his thing. Um, Ralph Norman, I mean, hugely in the short time Ralph's been there has become a hugely influential member of Congress. Um, you look at Jeff Duncan and he has led, you know, he has led, I think, probably the most evangelical efforts um, up there. Um, you look at Womack, Elise Stefanik. I mean, we have some great, great members of Congress. Yeah. But I would definitely say, are. you know, from Joe Wilson's You Lie, um, if, if everybody remembers the State of the Union with uh, Obama and that was our Joe, you know, screaming, <laughs> You Lie, You Lie, it was awesome. Um, but we need to get better candidates across the field, like people who don't want to go to do anything other than be a policy wonk. And like Joe Wilson, most people probably don't know Joe Wilson is one of the most, uh, probably one of the predominant authorities on the European Union out there. And he has been leading, he is very much for Poland um, because, you know, we, the GBSD, the Global Missile Defense System, <laughs> lives on the border of Ukraine and Poland. Right. It, it's, there's reasons why, right? But it's, he's not flashy. He's not on the news all the time. He's just, a, he's doing the work, the people's yeah, it, work. He's, he's head down, working away, get done. Yeah. We need a lot more like that. And I think if if we could just get more of that than the other on both sides of the aisle, people that really want to solve problems, because I think, you know, the Democrats realize this platform ain't going to work, right? That That's not where we're going to go. It's they should. Clear. They definitely should realize. And, you know, you and I, I don't know how old you are, but I know I'm 51, soon to be 52, and we all, when we're in school and in our 20s and our teens, we we come with the rosy colored glasses and we all think the world should be fair and easy and awesome because, you know, I I made my, I, I managed to skate through on my SATs and that shouldn't be what held me back and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then you realize what the tax man starts to take, right? And then in your 30s, I say everybody goes through this thing in the 30s. We're like, well, I'm a, 
fiscal conservative social moderate. Yep. And by the time they're <laughs> in their 40s, they're like, you know, I've had it with this, this tolerance bull. I'm, I'm 40, 50 years old. I really don't care what people think of me. And now that's just stupid. And by the time you're about 50, 45, you're a conservative and you're a Republican. And the problem is a lot of these Democrats, when they get to this point, they're like, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't walk away. I'm, like, I'm here now. And you can't tell me they buy this load of Green New Deal BS. I mean, look at Joe Manchin. That poor guy held the country together for nine months. He really did. And he, he ate he so really, much shit I mean, for he, it. He's such an awesome dude, too. I mean, I know Joe. He's really that good of a guy. And you're you're just like, he's not crazy. He's not, this is a bad thing. Granted, yes, I think everybody in the world knows that we need to do better as far as the environment. But when I say we need to do better, I don't mean us in the United States. Because we're probably yeah. one of the better countries in the world. That's why the Paris Accord was such a bad idea. If China doesn't think anything about putting Christians in in work camps and killing people because of their religious beliefs, which they do every day, come on, come on, we can yep. do better, right? The yep. Green New Deal, if they don't care about their people, you think they're going to care about their carbon emissions? I don't think so. Um no. You know, no, that's China, why India. I mean, it's just we, we're a drop in the bucket, and we've reduced our emissions over the last decade, oh and they gosh. haven't. But, but the, the so the part of my job when I was in the Department of Defense was I was over the cybersecurity of critical infrastructure in military bases across the United States, um, and and internationally. But you don't get much say so there because it's the country of origin. You're you're a guest in their country, but. but I can tell you the grid couldn't provide in the next decade enough energy for everybody to go green uh, in driving vehicles. I think that's, it's nice to say that, but I don't My, my daughter's active duty army, her and her husband are both active duty, two kids. They just bought two, you know, in the past two or three years, two cars, those cars aren't going to be gone in two years. They're five-year payment plans, right? Right. To think that there's there's something there. And that's where I, I think that, it, here's my analogy. The Democrats that are in their 40s and 50s sitting in Congress know it's a bad idea. They're so afraid of the money that Nancy Pelosi could unleash on them mm. that they would rather use it. That's why I say primaries get all pack money every everybody and you'll get true people who would stand up and go Pelosi you're crazy but like with Joe Cunningham down in my district he thought he won on his awesome talent he won because when Katie Arrington got into a massive car accident and Trump endorsed me Pelosi poured the money in mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy has money right you got to look at the people who who are making the parties work and getting their candidates elected for loyalty, not for individuality. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. The it's... part that kills. You know. You remember, I helped you get here, and don't. And for those people who think it really doesn't happen like that, 
it really does happen just like that. As a, as yeah. a politician, you know, I hate that word, but it does happen like that. And that's the worst thing that, and that's why, you know, you look why Trump was so not successful in his first two years is because he didn't fire everybody. He didn't have an allegiance of people who he could say, I did help you get here. He said, oh, you're, you're, you're bureaucrats. You're, you've been here, so you should be good. And you should be about the one nation, one fight and let's go get it. No, no, no. <laughs> and that's why, you know, I think if our country wants to get righted, we've got to get primaries, campaign, new finance laws for that. We have to get term limits. Absolutely. Yes. And we have to amend the constitution to do that. And we have to go to zero based budget. And just like families, we've got to make some hard decisions. Not that I don't appreciate the fact that in this infrastructure bill that we put a new ski slope in New Hampshire and, you know, we did all this other stuff. None of it really went to infrastructure. That just absolutely floors me. But if we want to change our country, Anytime you make a change, it's uncomfortable. That's the whole point of making a change. It's uncomfortable. You have to be made un uncomfortable. And if Trump makes people uncomfortable enough to want change, then bring it on, right? That's why he was, that's why he won in the first place. Nobody wanted, do you remember in the campaigns of 2015 and 2016, we all were saying, we don't want a politician in the White House. We want a businessman. We want yeah. somebody who can run the country like they run a business. And that's what he did, right? He came in and it's just like, and from somebody who I started in the Pentagon in January of 2019, the amount of people that had moved through in two years out of government that had been there. I mean, he really did get some sticky wickets out that needed to go. Drained um, a little bit of the swamp didn't drain it enough and no, for sure <laughs> the only the only way to drain the swamp i i hate to tell america is campaign finance reform law otherwise you're going to keep getting the same thing time after time after time and there are some people that i would love to see stay forever because they're good and they're solid but our founding fathers didn't want it that way. And right. even if you're doing a great job, you know, Trey Gowdy did the right thing, right? I've done my time. I'm out. Um, <clears throat> another voice needs to come and, and be, be heard. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I really don't, I know you said you don't like the term politician. I would take it a little further and say career politician. That's, that's where the rubber meets the road. It's like, go serve. Yes. Go serve. Do your time like Trey. Be be a servant leader, as you say. Right. That yeah. is great, and that's I believe the way it was intended. But making a career out of it, where somehow you, the most you've made is two hundred k a year or whatever, talking about the lovely Speaker of the House, and you're worth a hundred million dollars. That is not. That is not how the, it was supposed to be, in my eyes. As just a civilian. <laughs> I, honestly, when you look at the members of Congress, I was donating my salary just like Trump. So Trump, I remember, I remember you were doing, going to do that. Still yeah, that's was, amazing. You, you know, don't don't need them doing it for the money. I sure as heck, and I really don't want to be famous. I would much rather go to the grocery store and nobody know who I am. Mm -hmm. um, but 
it's if we don't do that, if we don't realize as a as a nation, no one really loves Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic Party. She's poison to them, right? All of her her hatred of Trump has poisoned them. Her and Nate, you know, Nader, Schumer, they poisoned their own party. Um, we have to do realize that there are some in our party that that do that as well, and we need to just get rid of them. Let's go with some honest people who want to get something done. And, you know, this will be my my last thing. I wrote, because uh, I know I'm over your time. But No, you're good. So when I was running in 2018, um, after the car accident, Trump me to the White House. Um, I was still in my wheelchair. I was pretty banged up. I don't know if I even have the pictures down here. All right, well. Over here, where is it? Yeah, I'll get it down. I've got my cast. Um, I had broken both of my legs in the car accident and all this stuff, but Trump said, come come to DC, I wanna see you. So I'm in the Oval Office with Trump. Um, I, I'm actually in the, the, the Washington, the yellow greeting room. I'm sitting in the chair Gorbachev sat in and the Dalai Lama has sat in. I'm in the yellow chair. And I'm wow. sitting there talking to Trump and he's like, you know, what can I do to help you with your election in 2018? And, and I said, well, there are two things, sir. Um, first, um, I'm standing by you because I believe in what you said about the lifting the ban on offshore drilling, but my, my opponent's beating me up and saying that I want drilling in South Carolina. Now I've done all the homework and I know there's no oil out there, but could you maybe give me a reprieve? And he goes, well, if I give you a reprieve, I have to give Florida a reprieve. I have to give Georgia a reprieve. And no, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to lump it up. You know, okay. Cause I stand by what he did and he did the right thing. It had nothing to do with us. It had to do with the Gulf of Mexico. It had to do with China drilling for oil, 201 miles off of our coast mm -hmm. and selling it back to us. Um, and it, we needed it. And then the second thing I said, well, you know, I really think that if you take my immigration comprehensive immigration reform plan, it would change the game. And he's like, what is that? You have a comprehensive, I'm like, oh yeah, I figured out how we figure how we do this, right? We can't survive without migrant workers. We need them. Uh, farmers in South Carolina, you may not know this, but to have a migrant worker work for them, they have to sponsor them. They have to feed them, clothe them, and provide them health care. No other industry in America are you are you do you have to provide that for your employees, but the farmers. Totally screwing those guys over. But I said, you know, in the the declaration, I mean in the constitution, and I happen to have my copy here because <laughs> I'm always in it. Um if you go, and I even have it highlighted. I see it. Okay. It's it's Article 1, Section 9. It says that we control who can migrate into our country, and we can charge them not to exceed $10 for each person. And I had this with me. And I said, so why don't we put a toll at the northern and southern borders, and then when people take a plane in to our country, they get charged $10. And if we just did that alone... I could, the first year out, we could make like almost $2 billion. I could pay wow. for the wall. I could pay for feeding every kid in America breakfast and not the BS crap that they get, but like a legit breakfast. 
um, we could, um, I had a migrant worker plan, anybody from Central, South, Latin America, we can mirror their, their systems. Um, so if you have a felony in that country, we can actually see it. So I said, you're, you get a pilot program from the Defense Production Act because it is to provide something for national security that doesn't currently exist. And a toll booth at the borders and setting that up would be a proper use of DPA funding. You then would get the money from the tolls. You would set up a cloud-based system so that instead of the cartels getting all this money for sending people through the border, you've closed the border, but a migrant worker can walk up. If you can prove that you do not have a felony of record in your country of origin, and we were doing DNA testing to prove that children were legitimately their parents, you for $250 can get a one-year work visa and your spouse or your partner can come in and your children, and but you're all going to get a 19-digit number. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And to register your kids to school, you're going to have to have that 19-digit number. And to get medical care, you're going to need that 19-digit number. And to work, any small business owner could download the app, verify your number, peace. And with that $250, we teach you about banking, U.S. banking, why, it's, why you need to know because illegals, carry cash. Mm -hmm. They are the most, I, I would say, victimized segment of our society, right? Um, I want to teach them English because that's my language and they should know how to speak English in a way so that when the, the police are trying to tell them what the law is or they get in problem, they understand. So for $250, you come into the country for a year you can work wherever you want, as long as you don't have any records, you know, come on in, more the merrier. Not a pathway to citizenship, and you can't vote. And Trump says to me, what are you doing the rest of the day? I'm like, well, this is the, the first day of the continuing resolution when he was shutting down the government yeah. in 2018. And I said, you have a really busy day. And he's like, 
I have Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan in the Oval Office, and I've got Mick Mulvaney in there, Larry Kudlow, and Peter Navarro. I need you to go in and tell them. So I walk in to the, I get wheeled into the Oval Office, and Paul Ryan automatically sees me. He's like, oh my gosh, you're Katie Arrington. We've been praying for you. Can I give you a hug? And I'm like, you sure can. I said, come on on over and give me a hug, even though you endorse Mark at five o'clock on election day. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And Trump's like, yeah, I tell him this whole great big plan. And Trump's like, this is a great idea. We could build the wall. We could create security. We're, we're not turning people away. We understand people need to come here. And then we can start dealing with the, with the revenue that she's talking about. We could actually start with like actually deportation of people or maybe setting up some kind of, of, you know, better system. We could fund customs, border patrol, ICE agents, like it doesn't come out of taxpayer dollars. Hell, we could even pay for the Department of Immigration because I still, to date, I don't understand why as a U.S. citizen, I pay for a Department of Immigration. I'm here. <laughs> I want to pay it. That's a Shouldn't good point. that be the people immigrating paying for it? And Paul Ryan, he goes, ah. and this is where, you know, me is, a, you know, probably why I'm not in Washington as a, a congressional member um, <laughs> is because Paul Ryan looked and he goes, that's really a complicated issue. And I said, I don't know, Speaker, you're, you're Congress. It's only as complicated as you make it. Who wouldn't want this? Who wouldn't want this to be there, right? We're not saying the people that are trying to get asylum can't come here. We're not saying the migrant workers looking for a better life can't come here. We're just saying that they're going to have to do it the legal way. Right. And and Trump was like, this is why we need her. We need her for this. Like, she, any problem you give me, I'm going to give you a solution set that we can make work. There isn't a Democrat in the country that wouldn't say that's that's a really good idea, considering the cartels are charging tens of thousands of dollars and trafficking children and narcotics and everything else under the sun, M13 gang members for $250. Hell, Nancy, you could, how many people could Nancy Pelosi personally sponsor for $250? So, but that's, that idea, that plan still sits, right? I wrote that whole legislative package up. And what I'm afraid of, and for your listeners, is that people think that on November 9th, the world is going to change because you voted in Republicans' House and you may get the Senate. But unless you have two-thirds majority in the Senate, you can't overturn a presidential veto. So what are we really going to do? And Kevin McCarthy, I've been saying this, you're making this commitment to America. What is the commitment that we're making? I don't see a way to change the, the, the way President Biden is not authorizing permits for drilling on our own soil, right? So right. I don't see us having that kind of power to do anything. That's why I'm, I, I say to folks like, We've got to be prepared and passing really strong legislation out of the House and through the Senate. The president can veto it. We need all the vetoes possible in 2024 for whoever runs. But know that your life, if anybody is promising you it's going to get better, this trajectory we're in, this downward spiral, it doesn't stop unless we stop the fuel bleed. We're going to be out of diesel 
before the end of the month. Maritime that is so industry, crazy. The maritime industry will cease to function. You you thought supply chains were shortage now? You ain't seen nothing yet. And until <laughs> that president makes a decision to say, I'm going to have to go back on our uh, and use our own energy. I don't see inflation coming down. I don't see the recession starting. I don't see any of that happening. We'll probably get, um, we know one Supreme Court justice is going to bail in the next two years. Um, you know, God help the rest of them. Hope they stay alive. Clarence Thomas, you just keep fighting. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is my challenge, right? The commitment to America. Well, what is that commitment, right? Newt Gingrich had a contract with America. And I've talked about that, you know, when I was running my campaign, I started back in February saying, here's the commitment that we need to make, right? We need only to do oversight and bring legislation that we know that that president is going to be veto. Otherwise, don't waste your time. Just don't. They're not going to do anything about it. Um, right. And, you know, start bringing people accountable. I think we definitely should impeach um Mayorkas. I think we should impeach Secretary Austin. I think we should um, oh court-martial yeah. General, General Milley. I, I think that there are things that, that we should be doing, and I don't think anybody would fight on the Mayorkas issue. No, gosh, so awful. But other than that, I just keep your, keep for your listeners, keep it real, right? The world mm -hmm. isn't going to change November 9th. The only change is going to be you, right? And what That's you're right. willing to tolerate. Thankfully, the people that had the courage to say, no vaccine, thanks, I've got it. Even though I work security around the vaccine, the vaccine was not created for you and me. It was created for people with compromised immune systems. That's right. Not healthy people. And, you know, I, I'm one of those and I know I'm way over on your time, but I'm one of those people. No, you're that, fine. I I say an hour, but we can do as long as you want. It's not. That's, this I, is great. I think we've, you know, we inoculate too much, and natural immunity needs to be natural immunity. I think that the rise in autism in our children. You know, you think about 40 years ago, we didn't have autistic children or ADHD or ADD to the level that we have. I think that that's because of the amount of vaccines we're giving to our children before their bodies fully develop. Um, the second thing, uh, you know, I, I think it's important that we understand that we all came into this world with an expiration date. Um, nobody's, you, you don't come in and stay forever. Everybody's got to go at some point in time. Um, COVID is no worse or, or different than the Spanish flu. So think about this. The Spanish flu basically wiped out half the world and we're still getting a flu vaccine how many hundreds of years later. COVID is going to be around. It's the new flu, right? And for my thing, yes, it you can take this one. Yes, it was created in the lab. Yes, it was it was done in Wuhan. Yes, it leaked. Was it leaked purposefully? That one will be history will determine, but if you look at the Chinese hundred year plan. Oddly reminiscent that there needs to be a pandemic event 
to start this new world order, but they, that's just me. Um, I think that if we as Americans wake up and we start doing the things that are important and that's treating each other respectfully, regardless of political party, I think that if we start and that, and you can eye for an eye it all day long, but it starts with you, right? Mm -hmm. Just, it starts with you. And there have been many people in my life who've come up and told me 90 ways from Sunday, how stupid or wrong, or my opinion was the complete, you know, I was heartless and whatnot. I'll debate anybody. I will listen. Not likely you'll change my mind, but you could. There are things that you could change my mind on. But screaming at me ain't going to change it. Threatening me isn't going to change it. And the 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 left is, you know, the that, that's what they do. <laughs> the View. That's all they do. I mean, Ted Cruz was epic on the View the other day. I was just yeah. That that guy like. Stacey Abrams still hasn't conceded. She still thinks she's the governor, but that's, you know, oh, no, 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 she conceded. She conceded. Hillary can never concede. Hillary, are you sure? Because Hillary still talks about the stolen election. No, it's, she's already saying that the Republicans are going to steal 2024. Yeah. <laughs> she's already, no, already saying it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for, but you look at the rest of the world and they kind of dip, they went through this in Europe when they did the free borders and then it got really bad. Like everybody's like, this was a bad idea. <laughs> no, not a good idea at all. Um, they had race as a big issue. Um, you know, if World War One II wasn't enough, right? To, to get everybody to go, we don't want to talk about race. When you look at what they're doing now and you look and I, I, I hate even to mention his name. But Hitler did the same thing. And Hitler said something that just, if you have the mind of the youth, you have power and the control. And we have to take our youth back. We got to get our kids back. We we need to tell them, listen, yes, you're important, um, but you're not so important that you're going to change your gender. Okay. Um, you're not so important that you, you know, this whole thing of, you know, the great, resignation um if you would spend more time worrying about how to provide for yourself you'd have less time to worry about who's on facebook like linkedin instagram or twitter bashing you if you're really concerned about how you're going to feed and clothe and shelter yourself you yeah. might be least occupied you know kids in college are always going to be idealistic that's their job but once you get out like how many th those those people that go around and i can't think of his name um that he does, you know, the interviews and ask people questions like how many states are there? Oh, yeah. Like uh, there's a few guys who do that, but um, it's like the man on the street style yeah. stuff. And and it's insane. The basic facts that young people don't know. What country is Hawaii in? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> but hey, Biden didn't even know how many states we had the other day. No, it's 54. 54. Yeah, you did, yeah, I didn't even know. It's crazy. I, I was looking around like, where do we, you know. And people said stuff about Sarah Palin when she literally walked out of her back door. She's like, I literally could see Russia out my back door. Was not a joke. <laughs> she could see Russia. But yet she got crucified. Biden, you know, yeah, there's 54 states. Yeah, I'm calling for Jackie, a congresswoman who's dead. That's okay. It's not and a problem. He says, he says Iraq instead of Russia. And then he says, oh, it's on my mind because my son died there and his son didn't die in Iraq. Like, I know. Oh, I know. It's oh, wild. I, I, just, I just sit back. But this is what, you know, we have to be the grownups in the room and just tell that 20-something-year-old, listen, I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate your need to express them. I, also I was 20-something myself <laughs> i was i was a young mother i married young but what i really need you to do is tell me how you're supporting yourself to support your own ideals because mm. i know what i've paid in taxes last year and i'm tired of it <laughs> yeah every a lot a lot shifts once you have to start doling out taxes it, oh. it really makes a big difference <laughs> your world is switched upside down 90 ways mm-hmm. from sunday Yep. Same when you had your daughter, didn't it like flow? Oh my gosh. Lost? Yes. That. And just, just my, it was this odd sense of, oh my goodness, I've, I've, I've created this human. I've brought this human into this world. Now I damn sure have to make sure it's the best world I can. Like I, that responsibility is on me now. Like she's here. She has to live in it. It, it was this just, I, I tell people all the time, like buddies of mine who don't have kids or are currently trying to have kids, whatever. I was young and idealistic. And then I got a little older. I, so I built and sold a company, you know, did a few cool things and I'm thought I knew what life was about. Then I became a parent and then I really knew what life was about. So when I was running and why I'm so passionate about all the stuff I am, cyber politics and whatnot, it's not, and this, I think the same thing, right? My life is made. I'm 50, I'll be 52 soon. Those are my children, children. Those are the grandbabies back there. Yeah. Wow. Four, four grandbabies. Yeah. This is an older picture. There, there they all are. They're, they're, they're four under five now. So every, they're Irish twins. Both my daughters made babies nine months apart from each other. But what I'm worried about is what I'm leaving them. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And it's like a visceral 
it's in this, it's hard to describe. It's like now I'm, now I have this supreme responsibility, a responsibility I had never felt before. And I'll be damned if I'm not going to do everything I can to, to make the, like I even approach these episodes knowing that she's going to listen to them one day, probably. Right. And so it's just, everything changes when you're a parent. And for those parents who don't have that feeling, you know, for whatever circumstance or, or whatever, my heart bleeds for you. But those kids, our number one asset in this country, the only thing that's going to save us from anything are our children. And yes. we have to be full court press and everything that we do. I, I am one of those, you know, when I debated Mark Sanford, um, it was on the Yorktown in June. It was hotter than blazes. And they got up there and, you know, Mark was still is probably one of the best debaters in the country. I don't know anybody who knows the Federalist Papers, the the Declaration mm. of Independence, the Constitution better than, than Mark. He really, I will give him that. But he said, you know, what what is American, the question was, what is American exceptionalism? And is it a good thing? And Mark went through this dissertation of the Federalist Papers and da, 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 and, you know, talked for 15 minutes. And that's how in the Pentagon, by the way, that's how, you know, if people don't have an answer, if they talk long enough, they think that they know. So they just kind of like, Woo-hoo. and they're <laughs> they just, just like, bore you to death. No, well, he must know it because he's been talking about it for 15 minutes and he's used words I didn't even know. So right. <laughs> he must know what he's talking about. Um, they asked me that. And I said, American exceptionalism we are the light on the hill for the rest of the world. And I don't know any other country that has in their Pledge of Allegiance, you know, one nation under God and on their, their currency and God we trust. That pretty much makes us different than anybody else, right? That's, that's what, and for me, for our children, where we fell off the path, we walked away from God, we walked away from our family, We walked away, the nuclear and the extended family. And now because we're so lost, we're clinging to anything that gives us validation where it used to be church family validated us. We've got to get back there. And there's just, there's just no, you know, I don't know if, you know, biblically, if, you know, we're in revelations or whatever we're doing, but my thing is I really want my four grandchildren to graduate high school, I didn't ever get a college degree. So kudos on you being a doctor. Um, uh, well, so I I started a PhD program that I did not finish. So I do not have that. And I honestly, it was basically being fed up with the academic elitism and all that crap. So I, yeah, I well, started I went, and didn't finish a PhD. <laughs> I went to more colleges. Um, I was a military wife and a grunt wife at that, an E3 in the infantry. So when we moved every two to three years, I would restart school all over again. And back then they didn't, they still don't take your core, like the core credits. All all the credits. Yeah. Yeah. There's not reciprocity in that. So I, I've taken accounting one-on-one nine times, nine times. I have more college credit than a doctor. Well, you know, accounting, I'm sure. I do. I do. I know it very, very well. Thank God my husband balances my checkbook, though. Um, 
because <laughs> I do like to shop, but it's, you know, we've got to get back to the, the, the groundwork that the country was founded on you, you know, coming from where you came from, you had to start ground up mm -hmm. and nobody handed you anything. Nobody gave you a, a, a red card and said, we're sorry, you've had an emotional upbringing or things have been rough on you. Um, it's up to the individual. And, you know, the, the, the last thing I'll say is, you know, when you want something in your life, you will make it happen or you'll make an excuse for it not to happen. And these, you know, any of the subjects that we've talked about today, like affordable housing, if we actually turn Section 8 housing in and we had a privatized mortgage system that we could get these, these people who wouldn't qualify otherwise for mortgages and let them become vested and own something and, and feel that sense of ownership, oh my gosh, how different would your world be, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. like, until you had your daughter, you didn't understand that, right? But once you have that sense of belonging to something or something needs you, your whole life changes. When you're able to give, you become a better person. Yep, 100%. Could and, not agree more. And until we start going back to putting that value back into the people, right? into them really putting the value into people we this isn't going to change and i don't care who you elect you know unless you the person you elect cares about people not just this mouthpiece cares about people like legit cares about people i don't think joe biden cares tonight that there are moms and dads and grandparents taking care of kids that are having to make a decision on whether they put gas in their tank or they feed their, their family or they, they pay for the astronomical housing price. Um, I don't think you're a U.S. president today and you're watching, um, you know, Nancy Mace was debating Annie Andrews two weeks ago and they both are standing firm on, you know, marijuana is a good thing. And that same night, two teenage boys in Somerville died from fentanyl-laced marijuana. <sighs> and it's not the conversation our country needs to be having right now, right? We have drug problems. My mom was an op opioid abuser. You know, she grew up, you know, they, she was a, a woman of the 70s and 80s, and they gave opioids like, you know, cotton candy like, back then. Yeah, absolutely. Got addicted and never got off of them. We have to take our country back, and it's person by person and it's personal responsibility just work do your work do you don't worry about anybody else do you and do you for all the right reasons and the world will change the world will change look at the change that you have as one man have made in your life think of all the people you've employed all the lives you've changed now your daughter's life one man it's it's mind-boggling to me that we can't get more done. If and your your motto, right, of putting it out there, is that you're not alone. Work hard, and it will get better. It will That's get right. better. That's right. Well, Katie Arrington, I think that is a perfect place to end this. I greatly appreciate how gracious you've been with your time, and we have to do it again. I'd love to have you back sometime. Uh, you have a lot of great things to say and a lot of great messages, I think, especially for young people to hear 
what you you want to say something. Oh, I was going to say, bring me back after for my to make sure in uh, January, February of my bet. Oh yes, yeah, we absolutely we have to do that for sure. Uh, the last thing, just really quick, and I, I know we've gone long, long. and, and I, po- I apologize if uh, if you have uh, some, something else to be doing, but just what are, what are your future plans as far as politics go, or or anything? So you, you think you'll run again, or no? Oh yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't see me not. I like it. I like the confidence. Oh yeah, in my head, not to to get get things right. But in the meantime, right, I've been real busy trying to get the defense industrial base um, secure. I'm, I'm, I haven't stopped. Um, uh, the primary was over. I went on a, a couple of vacations with my husband. But other than that, I've been up in D.C. helping negotiate, uh, work with the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, um, and doing my best to help uh, reshore our supplies um, and, uh, no, I, I'm sure I'll run again. Um, I am keeping my mouth quiet until after November 8th. Then we'll right. hear from Errington again. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your time once again. Everybody listening, until next time, keep your minds free. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 